Welcome back, everybody. Let's take a break with Stephen. Stephen Seamus. Welcome, Alex. It is freezing outside here. Alex, we got our snow. On? First snow. We have this. We have the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And now we have the zombie. The winter. Winter is here. Yeah. Winter's it's, not it's coming. A, winter is here. It's a Hanukkah miracle. At the time of this recording, <laughs> it is a Hanukkah miracle. You know, Festivus is coming up pretty soon. It's true. We're gonna have feats of strength. Yep. Yep. I like that. That's uh, my favorite one. Mine is airing of the grievances. Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yep. <laughs> Which I think I might. Maybe I'll do that on the show next week. Yeah, that's 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 fine. And then we'll arm wrestle live, and then <laughs> you know we'll see what happens. To me, that 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 episode is it's like <laughs> just it's like inventing a holiday. It's brilliant. It's right. Perfect. All right, Alex. What are we talking about today? Yeah, we've got a lot. We got a lot to talk about. We're gonna keep that Star Wars train rolling. Be- cheeseburger you do not want i do not want that cheeseburger those fries give yoda here have my fries your drink because that those books aren't stopping even stuff that we'll see that has nothing to do with what's going on in the tv show or what was announced in the disney call some stuff is just going crazy cuckoo bananas um we're gonna talk uh, a little bit about that disney call that happened a little while hello you have a call from Mickey Mouse. Is a big kid there? Well, hiya, pal. It's me, Mickey Mouse. Um, big news for Thor 4 with Gore, the god killer. Um, Abomination's going to be back in, in a form for a Disney Plus that we heard. Um, Riri Williams, obviously, we knew it was going to happen. She got announced. And just to bring it home, to bring it back, we're going to talk uh, Super Mario Brothers comics. Cool, cool. By the way, the Marvel stuff could last us like all week. We yeah. talk about that all week. So we're going to break that up into little pieces for everybody, sort of digestible parts, digestible pieces, because it is a lot to take in. There was a lot of stuff announced. Uh, there will be more announcements on some of the other shows. I think we're tackling the character. We're going to tackle first the characters that are more, uh, more well-known or that are definitely in concrete announced. Right. But obviously as these shows come out, and as more actors are announced associated with these shows, we will cover more of them. So this by no means is a, a comprehensive Not view of everything that happened on that with one Star Wars. Call. I mean, yeah, after the call, I mean, with just Mandalorian just about over when this goes out, the call, the Disney Ambitious call, just blew it all up. Yes, yes. Some, some, some expected, some un- very yeah. unexpected, I would say, yeah. too. Yep. Yep. All right, cool. What are we talking about first, Alex? Yeah, let's keep that uh, Star Wars train, like I said, choo-choo. Let's keep that uh, train rolling. You do, you do a pretty good impression of a train, Alex, by the way. I, big Anyone train guy, I guess. I, who knows? Who knew? <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. All right, so the two characters we're going to talk about first are Kate Skywalker and Darth Nihilus. Yep. Um, so those characters first appeared in the comics back in 2006. What can you tell us about those characters, and why are they selling for these crazy prices right now? Um, I'll tell you that, I'll do the last question first. I have no idea why they're selling for crazy prices right now. I, I'm just assuming that it's, it, it's just everybody's picking up first appearances because Kate Skywalker is a deep descendant of Anakin, Luke, and, and Ben Skywalker in the old Legends canon. This is, this is not new canon. And as far as the last movie is concerned, that Skywalker bloodline is gone so unless it's a Ray Skywalker descendant, I don't know how they would even bring Kate Skywalker into 
into into the canon you know into this you know when disney bought star wars they said hey we're starting fresh we're having a new slate unfortunately everything that's been written other than the movies and a couple books those don't count as part of the star wars canon anymore so a lot of these characters just disappeared um you know in the books luke skywalker is married to mary uh married to mara jade and they had kids uh ben skywalker was a thing that was leia and, and, and han's kid I, I believe they were twins um but that's all gone so i don't know where Cade skywalker is going to fit in into the new star wars universe but i don't think people just aren't taking the chance without picking up the books right away same with uh, darth nihilus i mean you know Cade skywalker was a descendant of uh the skywalker so that's kind of hard to do but darth nihilus is, is cool because he was just a sith lord um one of his cool things is he was his body was dying and he took his soul and put it into his armor using the using the uh, the force so i mean like that could always we could always have the sith lord stuff because they're not tied to any skywalker so let's talk about these books star wars legacy number one june of 2006 from dark horse uh it's also the first shadow sazes darth crate Maladi, and then darth nihilus Mm -hmm. there are now as a as a star wars number one it and again, I'm trying to remember back to 2006. It's a long, long time ago. Is yeah. it still would have had a pretty decent high print run? Yeah, the Dark Horse uh, people definitely bought all the Star Wars number ones. I mean, th- those books for years have always had nice print runs. Yeah. So uh, there are 67 blue label 9.8s. There are 10 gold label 9.8s, and that's a $650 book today, Alex. That's a big number. Yeah. Yeah. So and then interesting, which we're seeing now also, which was a different trend back then, is they used to wait to do the second and third prints. They don't really mm-hmm. wait anymore. It's kind of funny, right? Like I look back at the second prints now and they're like, wait, they waited five months. Remember with the Ninja Turtles, they waited like yeah. a year. Yeah. So it's interesting how, they, how they're willing to go back to press on some of these things. So in November of 2006, five months later, they did the second print. There are 16 blue label 9.8s. There are zero gold label 9.8s. And that's a $300 book. So that's a very, very low pop book. Mm-hmm. And then the third print book came out the following month and that's a $500 book. And there are 17 blue label 9.8s, two gold label 9.8s. I assume that the third print is selling for more than the second print only because I would tell you the overall population of books is probably right. lower. People are more likely to find the second prints in their boxes and then try to start sending them in. Although I remember those books back in the day, I don't think they were printed on those really high quality type pages and stuff. And they had mm-hmm. the black covers, which chipped easily. Yeah. So they tended to be darker covers. So we'll see. I don't know how many more are going to come out of there, but that's a pretty, those are pretty hefty price tags Yeah. for a book that on characters that are not quite at the, at the higher level at right. some of these ones. But I agree with you. I think there's a lot of speculation there of yeah. if these characters do start appearing in the TVs or films, all of a sudden they're going to triple in value. Correct. Yeah. Buy now, sell later. Right. And that leads us to the next Darth. What's the next mm-hmm. Darth, Alex? Darth Bane. Darth Bane. So talk a little bit about that character. 2001, 19 years ago, Alex. Yeah, this is one of those, uh, another Sith Lord that was a pre-Skywalker Sith Lord. Um, really, his, his cool claim to fame other than just a, a great character, but uh, he, he came up with the rule of there, there's always two. There's always a master and an apprentice for Sith. Uh, at one point in the, in the old canon, there was just Sith. It was just as many Jedi and as many Sith as you can have. Um, and then once there was a civil war, he kind of came out and was like, okay, there's only a master and apprentice and we'll kill anybody else. Um, so that's kind of his big claim to fame. Another fan favorite, another fan favorite character. Alex, you really, you really know your stuff over there, by the way. 
kind of a Star Wars. Yeah. It might you be know, the, the nine nub framed photo in the background. Could could be a dead giveaway of my Star Wars fandom. You know, you know, you're smarter than you look. Did anyone ever tell you that, Alex? <laughs> I get that a lot. It's weird. <laughs> So weird. My parents? I don't know. It's weird. Why would they say that? So again, it's another number one, but it's 19 years ago already. Yeah. Uh, Star- By the way, I fixed uh, the, the rattle in my desk, so you don't oh, even good. have to hear that anymore. Good. That'll be good for you. Okay. So Star Wars Jedi vs. Sith number one, uh, April of 2001, Dark Horse book, 10 blue label 9.8, zero gold label 9.8. Are you sitting down? By the way, this book also, decent print run. These books yeah, all have decent print run. run. Are you sitting down? Very low 1,500 bucks, Alex. For your Darth Bane first appearance. Wow. What is going on, Alex? That's bananas. Cuckoo bananas, as the kids say. All right. What's the next what the next and last Star Wars we're going to tackle this week, and then we'll tackle some more next week. Go ahead. Uh, well, well, well. Look what we have here. It's uh, Lando Calrissian. This is interesting. Lando. Lando system? Lando's not a system. He's a man. Lando Calrissian. This card player, gambler, scoundrel. You'd like him. Yeah, so so uh, here's what's interesting is you've had two sort of legendary uh, – one's a legendary actor. One's sort of on his way to becoming a legendary 100%. actor. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the Billy D version. Talk a little bit about the Donald Glover version. And then talk a little bit about, you know, what was announced uh, by Disney. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody loves Billy D. Williams. You know, when, when, when we see him in Pirate Strikes Back – uh, and then coming back for Return of Jedi. I mean, he was just cool. Billy D. Williams is cool. And he he was a fun character. I mean, you know, everybody loves Lando. I, I don't think anybody's like, ah, I never liked when they put Lando in the movie. Like, Lando's cool. We love him. When it was announced for Solo that Donald Glover was going to be Lando, I mean, you couldn't have picked a better person. And then there was like a photo of them, like, at a restaurant, like, sitting down <laughs> talking. I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. This is crazy. Uh, and then, of course, the Disney call, man, Lando TV show. Right, so we don't necessarily know who's playing Lando yet. Right. But what's interesting is this is going to shock you because the price is not what you think it's going to be. So the first appearance of Lando in the comics, which was an adaptation at the time, which, by the way, the likeness yeah. was pretty good was pretty good on Billy D. Oh, Williams. Yeah. And to your point, when you look at the young Billy D. Williams and you look at Donald Glover, they are eerily similar. Yes, yes. Like, like, it's like, like you said, like they picked an actor who like – really sort of, you know, really got it right. I mean, you, yeah. I, don't, you, I don't know that they had a sort of a doppelganger like that, right? Yeah. And so that book came out in January of 1981. It was Star Wars number 43. Okay. So that run did have a pretty decent print run. And people were sending in all the, people were never really discriminating on Star Wars books. They were sort of sending them all in to get graded because yeah. even regular run-of-the-mill Star Wars books were selling at a premium in 9.8 and there were completists. That was a, that's one of those titles that there are completists on. Right. doesn't matter what issue. Get, I want a 9.8. doesn't matter what issue. They do get it. So there is a decent pop on it, but the price is very low to me. So there are 136 blue label 9.8s. There are 12 gold label 9.8s. To me, that would be a great candidate to get signed by Billy D or, mm-hmm. you know, or Donald. Uh, it's about a $350 book. I think that book has a lot of upside. Look Ooh, at yeah. the other prices we're talking yeah. about, right? Like that book has a lot of upside, Alex. I mean, totally. I mean, Again, you're talking about 1981. It's a 39-year-old book. It's almost 40 years old. Yeah, and nine eights in those books, you're not finding new ones. Legacies and stuff like that, there could be case counts somewhere. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely oh, so someone in a basement. You got a case? Oh, boy. I, if, if, I, if I still had – if I could just drive to the Midtown Warehouse <laughs> and start looking through stuff, I, I would. Trust me, I would. Oh, my God, Alex. Okay. All right, so we've come to that part of the show, which is uh, your favorite part of the show. Yes. I hope 100%. you have something interesting. Hope you have something fun and interesting for us today. So I'm going to give you my spectacular drummel. 
You ready? Always. I don't know if my, my table is going to give you the same rattle because okay. uh, we, can, tighten, we can we can we can we can add it little. in. We can after effects. You'll, you'll add it in. Yeah. By the way, I watched the uh, the Bee Gees uh, documentary yeah. on HBO. HBO. And did you hear the the Saturday Night Live uh, Saturday Night Fever riff where mm -hmm. they did the drums? The drummer had to leave. You got this is the best part of the whole film. The drummer had to leave the studio, and they didn't have the drummer, so they cut the tape. And if you listen to the opening beat, it's actually just on on replay. Mm, from the yeah, original yeah, drum. Yeah. It, it's crazy. So anyway, just a little fun fact there. Watch it. It's a good document. All right, here we go. I don't know if you can hear that. I, we get it. We got it. Alex's pick of the week. What do you got for us, Alex? Yeah, uh, let's just keep talking about Star Wars. I mean, I don't, I don't think I can stop it's crazy, right? Star Wars. Um, I'm going to take it a little sideways, though. Um, right now, there's Star Wars does the Black Series action figures um we talked about yes. the holiday ones and they're the regular action figure size and they're great now a lot of the older ones in the san diego comic-con ones are going for more money the, the thrawn san diego comic-con's almost a 200 dollars figure some of the old ahsokas are going for for a lot but they've announced the black series has announced is a new packaging reissue of those figures so we're going to get another thrawn figure it doesn't come with all the fun stuff that san diego did but i i'm unsure of how that's gonna affect the figures that are worth a lot of money right now so if i'm a thrawn guy i can't spend 200 dollars on the san diego comic-con one but i'll buy the new reissue and that's great so if i'm not looking to buy that because the only way to get it is in the san diego i have a feeling some of those prices might be coming down um i don't you know. know reissues are interesting to me because a lot of times it, it, it this is gonna sound funny but a lot of times reissues can renew interest right in certain certain things that may not be there anymore uh, you know, so a lot of times with trading cards, they'll reissue stuff. A lot of times with comic books, they do the reissues on stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, like Avengers 48 and then, then Marvel will do the $1 version. And right. also, yeah, I could buy it for 20,000 or I could buy it for a dollar. But a lot of times people are like, Hey, why are they reissuing this? Oh, that's right. There's a new film. There's this. So sometimes it's a little counterintuitive, but yeah, and, listen, and wonder, if you're just there to, if you're just there to, to play with the toys or, or yeah. display them, then that, then that's fine. I wonder, I wonder if that is like a sending a second printing type deal where, these reissues are going to go off the shelf really quick because no one can buy them because they're so expensive. Right. And then now if you want the reissue, <laughs> you're going to be paying 40 or 50 bucks because they're now they're gone as well. And you still want that Thrawn figure. So I mean like the second print comic books that we talk about every I'm week. saying, yeah, it, it could yeah. be the same, the same feeling, but all right. I'm excited about this next one. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go, Alex. What do we got? Gore, the God butcher. Yes, this is going to be awesome. Batman himself. First of all, it's he's got an awesome name. Yeah, it's fantastic. Okay, it's such so a here's comic my question. Book name. So here's my question: Is this character is only seven years old, right? Out of all the thousands of characters in the MCU, Marvel is working on you know Thor, the new Thor film, and they pick a seven-year-old character, and they have Christian Bale playing this character. So talk to me first about. Out of all the characters, why this character? What is it that's so appealing about this character? And it's a young character, right? It's not part of the, right. the mythos of the 40, 50-year-old Stan Lee mythos, uh, you know, from... And why Christian Bale is the right actor for this role? Uh, I think Christian Bale's the right actor for any role. I mean, the guy was the guy was Batman, and then he was Don Cheney. You can't go wrong. Dick Cheney. With, Dick Cheney. Yeah, Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney. Don Cheney's not a real person. Uh, <laughs> But 
the guy can do no wrong. Like he's a great, phenomenal actor. So why not? I have a feeling that they got Christian Bale was people are like, Hey, I want to be in these movies. And they're like, Oh, we got to find a character. And they're like, <laughs> right. uh, okay. Gore the God butcher. I I'm just assuming, I, I'm sure that they thought about it a little bit more. Um, but Gore the God butcher, the Jason Aaron run, as we know that Natalie Portman's going to be Thor in some format. Um, this is the Jason Aaron run that, he was doing for so long they're picking a lot from that series so it just makes sense that you're going to get villains from that kind of series uh and this guy's cool i mean he's a he's a god butcher i mean he he he's a character that was you know in his like original world and he was like they believed in gods but they were super poor and a god came down two gods fell to his earth and he stole a weapon and killed them and then he was two thousand years killing gods and you know then of course he fights thor and in the comics, spoiler alert, uh, it's th- the only way that they beat them is three Thors from different timelines come together and beat them. Let's not give away the whole movie, Alex, over here. I have a feeling it's going to be Natalie Portman <laughs> and Thor and, right. and Valkyrie. Gonna don't, give it, don't give it away. Don't give it away. I, I, okay. I'm sorry. So now we're on. So, so let's talk about these books. And you are right, by the way. It's not just the first appearance that's rising. Uh, he's got, you know, the, the weaponry that he uses, the, the, the pictures, the covers, by the way, and this is the Assad Ribic run also, by the way. Right, so yeah. you're also, you're also got the Assad Ribic run as part of this yeah. too. So let's talk about it. There's two issues in particular we're going to talk about today, but you are correct. The entire run yeah, is jumping. High. Yeah. Okay. So the big one is Thor God of Thunder number two, January of 2013, Jason Aaron, Assad Ribic, what a team, yeah. right? Because the Assad Ribic... The Assad Ribic Thor covers are really the modern era Thor covers that everyone, yep. he's the Thor artist that people yep. think of when they think of the modern paintings of Thor. Mm-hmm. He's, the, he's the guy that comes, when you think of, oh, who was the, 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 the 2010s Thor? Yep. That's Assad Ribic. Yep. He holds that mantle. And so there are 432 blue label 9.8s. There are nine gold label 9.8s. That pop is going to be rising very quickly, obviously. Um, it, uh, these were not low-printed books, by the way. But nevertheless, that's a $600 book today. That book is going to continue to go up uh, as the movie, as the film gets closer. And I think even at $600, bucks, this book is a buy. You can't go wrong. This is going to be a home run. This yep. You already know, like you've said, is Christian Bale guaranteed Phenomenal. lock. Phenomenal. Lock. Yeah. Right. Okay. Then there's a one in 50 Daniel Acuna variant. Okay. Sit down, Alex. <laughs> I think you are. I think you are. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm kneeling, but I'll, I'll sit down. <laughs> All right. There are 45 blue label 9.8s. There are zero gold label 9.8s. Imagine getting these books signed by Christian Bell. 1400 bucks today, plus, plus, plus. It's on, it's on the upswing. These books have all doubled and tripled, by the way. Yeah. Especially in the, the last. Incentives, yeah. yeah. So, so that's another book. Now, 1400 bucks isn't exactly like, hey, let's go out and get one. Yeah. Okay. Then in March of 2013, they made the second print. Of course. So right now, the pop is very low. Go out. I know you can't get shows. Some, some online retailers, whether it's Mile High or some of these other ones, have some of these books in stock. Maybe buy it raw on eBay is the second print. There are four blue label 9.8s today, zero gold label 9.8s today. That's going to change. Yeah. So right now, 9.8s are not available. The last one sold at $1,000. However, a good indicator is they're $250 raw in high grade. 
So you're going to pay well more than a thousand bucks for the next nine, eight that comes up. Definitely. So again, we were just talking about second prints to your point with the black series. Uh, I don't see why these books will stay at a thousand plus and they might even be, you know, the one in 50 Daniel Cunha is 1400 bucks, but you don't really see these second prints. Like you just don't see them. Right. Then the next book that to take a look at is Thor God of Thunder, Thor God of Thunder number five. That's the origin issue. Uh, that came out in April of 2013. Probably by this time, they probably knew they had a little bit of a hint, hit on their hands with some yeah. of these characters, right? Yeah. So there are 45 blue label 9.8s. There's one gold label 9.8, and that's a $250 book. So that book also has some, some room to move. I, I agree with you, though. I think the entire Assad Ribic series yeah, is up, up, and away. And, and quite frankly, any, any raw books you could find of that, that run, because yeah. you're right, they're going to start pulling a lot of stuff from that run altogether. Yeah. It looks like someone gave uh, Watiti uh, the, the, the the omnibus collection of of, the, of Jason Aaron's run because it's a lot from his run. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we got uh, what's up next, Alex? What do we got? Yeah. Uh, fun news out of the She-Hulk world. Uh, Emil Blonsky's coming back. Yeah. So this is awesome. Tim Roth is one of my favorite actors. Yes. And by the way, I I love the uh, concept, and and you know DC's doing this as well. Yep is the nostalgia starting to kick in, yep. right? Uh, uh, Michael Keaton, uh, Ben Affleck. Uh, now, now you've got Tim Roth coming back. We've heard the you know rumors with Spider-Man, you know, Jamie Foxx we know is coming back, Alfred Molina. So there's a lot of nostalgia. People yep. really, really like this. Yep. Great move. I, I thought Tim Roth did a great job as Abomination. Fine movie. It was a great movie. Yeah, it, no it, problem it was, with it. It was good. It was a good film, underrated. Um, now, the only... Uh, this book in particular is a very, very old book. So it's yes. already a very expensive book because Abomination was always a very, very popular character yeah. over the years. Yeah. And, uh, and I love the fact that they're using uh, Tim Roth again. Yeah. So that's very, very cool. So 1967, April, Tales to Astonish number 90. Uh, it's the first Emil Blonsky Abomination issue. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about lower grade books uh, simply because there's not enough pop on the high grade books. And when you're talking about a book from 1967, unlike a low pop book, from 2013, where they're going to start getting them in, they're not getting any more no. high grade books on these. Right. So there are five blue label 9.8s. There's zero gold label 9.8s. There are only 14 blue label 9.6s and two gold label 9.6s. There are 46 9.4 blue labels and zero 9.4 gold labels. So we'll talk about 9.4. Because now at least you have some pop, right? You have a 46 pop on it. So you have enough of a body, a sample size to, to do that. That's a $500 book in a 9.4. Can you believe it's that cheap? You know, yeah. when you look at all the other stuff going yeah. on, right? Like that it, sounds cheap to me, 500 bucks for a 9.4. Something, something weird about the, the Tales, to, Tales of Suspenses, the Tales to Astonish, those, those late run Marvels before everybody started getting their own series again. It's just that they were, so, they were only printing those books. You know, Marvel was printing low. There was two characters in each book. So I think the print runs of these late Silver Age books are just high. Yeah, but honestly, I mean, 500 bucks for that yeah, book. Yeah, that's an easy four? buy. I would, I, you you, I you know that, that book's going to double. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. I saw that in a shop yeah. for 500 bucks, I'm buying it. I don't care. Yeah, go check out Midtown. See if they got See if they got They don't. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> they sell them quick. <laughs> All right, what do we got next, Alex? We've already had a, a, a fun episode about riri but but i mean just the announcement that it's gonna happen kicks everything up that much more yeah so these books are uh, on a rocket ship 
Uh, it's no slowing down. We have talked about this in the past. It's, it's, it's updated since then, so we'll go through it quickly for you. Invincible Ironman number nine, uh, July of 2016, the Mike Diodato basic cover, 527 blue label 9.8s, 13 gold label 9.8s. That's a $500 book. There is a Chris Turcotte variant cover. There are only 83 blue label 9.8s. There's only one gold label 9.8. That's a $2,500 book today, Alex. Wish I had. That's what I'm saying to you, like abomination from- Yeah, that's bananas. Right? Yeah. It's, it's bananas. It just shows you the, where the market is right now. And then in October of 2016, there was a second print Mike Diodato cover. There are 53 blue label 9.8s. There are zero gold label 9.8s. And that book's $500, again, with the second print. But yeah. that one has one-tenth of the pop of the regular Mike Diodato right. cover. So it's one-tenth the pop, same price. Again, we've taught, said this to many times. I do think that there's going to come a day of reckoning with these second and third prints, with these yeah. very, very low print runs, where you just can't get them in high grade because they weren't really sending them out to CGC. I think you're going to see a huge, huge run on these things. Yeah. Agreed. All right, cool. All right, and what's last on the list? We got a little bit of a change of a pace, right? Yeah, let's let's talk about the early, early, early Valiant comics, uh, and specifically Super Mario Brothers. So, what's interesting about Super Mario Brothers, and I wanted to start bringing up these topics, is the explosion in the video game sales. When you look at video game sales. And when you look at the classics like Donkey Kong and Super Mario Brothers and WWF before it was WWE, and a lot of the iconic video games uh, from back in the day, they're selling for astronomical numbers. I mean, they've skyrocketed in value. That has spilled over a little bit into the non-sports trading cards, which we'll address at a future show, because that stuff has been going crazy. And also the comic books. There's a real nostalgia feel for this stuff. And if you were a fan of this stuff 20, 30 years ago, you're, you want all of it. Just like, you know, you've got Star Wars, you've got Star Wars yeah. posters in your background, you've yeah. got Star Wars action figures, you've got Star Wars statues and busts and comic books, and you've got it all because that's what you like. Right. Uh, so this is an interesting topic. I do think there's going to be more interest in this stuff moving forward. Why don't you talk about Super Mario Brothers and the special place it has in the hearts of video game fans and what's why why this book and what's what do we expect to see from maybe some of these other similar type stories as well yeah i mean there's not uh, as a video game character it's super mario it, it's mario it's luigi that is the most famous character from video games you're gonna get that's it and nothing's going to change that it is the most nostalgic era of video games when the nintendo entertainment system came out and hit the u.s and it blew up Home, home video game systems and then every system after that you're getting a new mario brothers and it's the best game people love it you, super mario brothers 3d all-stars just came out for switch i mean and that was highly sold like no one's not going to want to ever play mario brothers the game and watch system which we talked about last week it's, it's mario brothers one on a handheld game and i bought one of course because i love mario um and then these early valiant comics i mean there's there's been comics uh licensed comics in in the comic book world forever the atari comics atari force for dc um but the early valiant really before they started kicking in with their exo man wars and ninjax they did licensed comics and it was mario brothers zelda game boy uh wwf had a run and these things are hard to find i have a couple of them and they are beat up because i read the crap out of them 
and they were hard. They were nice covers too. They're, they're thirty. You know what's funny is they're thirty years old now. Yeah, thirty. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So Super Mario Brothers came out. Uh, Super Mario Brothers number one Valiant, nineteen ninety. The pop is twelve blue label nine point eights, zero gold label nine point eights. It's about a six hundred dollar book. Good luck. You can't find them. Very low pop. And if the video games are selling in the thousands and thousands of dollars, and the trading cards are starting to sell for hundreds of dollars a box, it's just a matter of time before these books start to explode themselves because it's all part of the same collector grouping mentality. Definitely, and that that's a very low pop book. <laughs> and not high enough, I don't think. I, I think when, when people really realize how hard it is to find those early Valiant comics in 9.8s, I mean, that stuff's going to, it's just going to get higher and higher. And that's expensive now, but that's very low pop for 9.8. Right, right. All right, so if you, uh, if you feel like we missed anything from the Marvel or the Star Wars announcements, let us know in the comments. We are going to address them all yes, over time. Yes, we will time. get to them. So there's if we missed them today, don't worry, we'll get to them. If there's something specifically that you want to see out there, let us know. Uh, but we've had a great time today. This is fun. I know Alex always loves talking Star Wars. You can't, you know, <laughs> and I love the bit. Marvel. And I love the Marvel stuff. So it's yeah. a good sort of, we had a, we had a, we had a good uh, breadth of stuff today. So yeah. thank you, everybody. We will see you next week. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Thanks, guys. Thank you.